Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Film List. You got a list? Send it to me. TheFilmList at gmail.com. Hello, folks, and welcome to a very long-awaited special edition of The Film List. Today, we're going to be talking Star Wars. I got a special guest with me, but before I bring him in, we're going to talk about the trailer, amongst many other things, Star Wars Celebration, uh, other trailers, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk freely, so no spoilers, and then we're going to have a section at the end that we're not sure if certain things would be spoilery for the common viewer or not, so we're just going to save that stuff for the end, just in case you don't want to hear any just us going over the trailer and what we see if you want to not hear stuff you can choose to so we'll give you fair warning uh also uh just want to thanks again to matt murdoch of podcast winterfell for backing us me and axel doing podcast littlefell now our feed's not up yet for some reason it's taking extra long for the podcast littlefell feed to come up on itunes so two ways you can get it well actually three you can go to the talk shoe page of course and listen there uh, but on iTunes, uh, on the Filmless feed, of course, you'll notice Podcast Littlefell has been coming out on there. And, of course, on Matt's uh, podcast – I mean, I'm sorry. Podcast Littlefell is coming on the film list and on Podcast Winterfell. Uh, so Matt's put us on our feed so it's to get us more exposure, and we want to thank him again. It's been awesome, and it's been a lot of fun. All right. But it's Star Wars time, baby. The universe is growing. The galaxy that was once far, far, far and away, I might have put a few fars in there, is coming closer to us. December nears, and now it's going to be hashtag, is it December yet? With me tonight to discuss the trailer, among other things, everyone's favorite Star Wars fan, his debut on Skype, <laughs> Mr. Glenn Ewing. Well, welcome to the film list, brother. Thank you, brother. I am in nerd heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we've had between Mar- – we're going to actually uh, – this will be released tonight sometime on the 29th, but we're going to the Avengers premiere tomorrow, baby. I can't wait. Indeed. That's going to be a blast. Uh, all right. So basically, I mean, I know Star Wars, but I don't know Star Wars. I wanted to do this special podcast just with Glenn uh, because, you know, we, we've done the roundtables and stuff, but I know you're, you're itching to just get all your – get all this information out recorded so the world can hear. So I'm going <laughs> to, you're going to, it's pretty much going to be your podcast. I'm going to throw in my two cents and ask you questions, but I really want you to give it your all. Cause I know you're so damn excited to, <laughs> to talk about this. So where do you want to begin? Well, uh, I think start, uh, star Wars celebration in Anaheim is a great spot and it was a blast. It was a blast. I definitely, any star Wars fans that are thinking about London, or any future Star Wars event. They, they do a really, really solid job. The only problem I, I had, and I sent out an angry tweet about it, was the lines were ridiculous. Yeah. And, I mean, there were a ton of people there. But even the line for the opening ceremony, we were standing there forever to get a wristband to go back in line. And eventually, 
uh, a mutual friend that went down with us, and I just went back up to the hotel and watched it streaming. It wasn't it wasn't worth waiting another five hours. So yeah, I that can was imagine. disappointing. Yeah, I, I would Im- like to have been in there. But. Yeah, I saw some of the footage um, with JJ and then Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, who actually, man, she looks good. <laughs> she looks great. Yeah, she looks really good. Looked really good, and uh, as always, Kathleen Kennedy looked divine. Oh, she's 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 a stunner. She's like she a, like Catherine Bigelow, like kind of yeah. just. Ugh. Well, anyway, that's neither she here ever, nor there. <laughs> if she ever wants to trade down, hey, <laughs> I'm not available anymore. But I think you still might be if you yeah, choose to. It might be. <laughs> All right, and oh, that's right. And me and you and Lady Solo are also going. Oh, it's great. I'll just throw this out there. We're going. Uh, to see a true romance screening it's like an all-day party festival at the safari inn where they shot it here in burbank so we're gonna go do that and then watch the film again so man it's a crazy few weeks we got a lot of things going on it is gonna be insane man so what are some of your highlights um of the celebration i mean you and carlos our buddy carlos went down there and was it five days yeah we went down wednesday picked up her badges and checked into the hotel and again you know i'm, I'm gonna rant and rave here but marriott was genius we were at the marriott um anaheim right by the convention center it was a good rate that we got the uh, convention and everybody there was awesome i mean it was it was just top top marks for them but um we uh i got to meet a bunch of the podcasters i listened to i love everything coming up on rebel which is a great podcast in itself. I think it's the best. It's mm-hmm. the best produced. They give us the best information. Um, uh, you may want to avoid it sometimes because they do talk spoilers at the end, but uh, y- you can work your way around that. But um, like the Radio 1138 guys are the guys out of London who are running, or UK, I should say, not London, but they're running uh, JediNews.com. And uh, Mark Newbold, James Byrne guys on the podcast i got to meet those guys and tip one back and uh excellent brian cameron there guys that writes for him on uh jedi news and i met the girls from fangirls going rogue which is a fantastic podcast especially if you have little ones or girls they're really focused on the female point of view on star wars which is something i think not only in in the nerd culture itself has been drastically ignored and there's a large large loud voice that's coming up for that which oh, is good. very good yeah yeah really good and uh skywalking through neverland i met uh richard and sarah and team hujib long story behind that <laughs> <laughs> there's always a long story behind hujib yeah but. well it's a it's a character a type of creature from the marvel comics way way back in the 80s and started a podcast and started talking about it and i tweeted him and I'm like, I haven't heard this in forever. They need to bring them back into canon. And a group of us on Twitter just kind of formed this group. And, uh, you know, one of the girls in the group actually made a hoojib costume and a hood and was wearing it around at the convention. It was a blast. Oh. And they were great people. They were all really cool. Wow. But most of, the, um, most of the panels I went to, again, the lines were ridiculous. But a lot of them I, I went to were focusing on the creative end of, of what's going on at Lucasfilm and the past and what they've done and and what they're looking for and a couple of the highlights definitely i saw doug chang in a couple of panels um he's vp executive creative director at lucasfilm and he came in i think before episode one on the design and he left and started i think his own company and they just brought him back in he did a lot of the executive stuff on 
The Force Awakens, and he's been working pretty diligently on Rogue One, which is the first um, uh, spin-off, if you will. But mm-hmm. um, Amy Beth Christensen is the senior concept designer and visual development artist at Lucasfilm. She's the one, if you guys remember, Wars Rebels was first being being launched. She was the one who made the the uh, join the Empire posters, the recruitment posters for stormtroopers for the Empire, and uh, of course, I went to the Rebels Q&A with the cast. That's awesome. Mm, <laughs> I can imagine. We got the new trailer, and I got into the uh, uh, Gareth Edwards Q&A, and it was surprising, man. We got, we got there maybe five minutes before it started, and we were up in the third tier. Brilliant seats right in front of the stage, and it was amazing what they showed us, and we'll get to that. Um, but you, know, you want to just kick into the, uh, the, the, the... I mean, I didn't even go down onto the, star, the uh, floor, we had a couple guys down there working. One was on the cantina, and one guy was uh, working at one of the booths doing uh, effects for them on one of their things. But um, other than that, I didn't go down on the floor until Sunday, <laughs> oh. which is ridiculous. I was in panels all day. Or, you know me, I was in the pub. But <laughs> Well, you, I'm sure you were rolling on the floor laughing out loud. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be rude not to. Yeah, it'd be rude not to. <laughs> Um, the Star Wars Rebels panel was genius. There's so much I want to talk about, but I'm going to leave most of it till the end because um, it, it really hinges on whether or not you've seen the Clone Wars and if you've seen the Clone Wars, whether or not you've seen Rebels because there's some big, big things that uh, have come up in the season finale of Rebels Season 1 and what they showed us in Season 2 trailer. Okay, okay. So, um, but they... Uh, yeah, one of the main cast members, Vanessa Marshall, plays Hera, and you guys got to follow her on Twitter. Look her up; you'll find her. She's um, for the new generation that's coming in, and and some of the you know fans that are just coming back. What Mark Hamill was to our generation, and still is, in mm-hmm. that she's really fan friendly. She's a sweetheart. She's if you're you know walking down the street and you're wearing a Star Wars shirt, she'll run right up to you and say, "Hey," and start talking <laughs> Star Wars with you. Which was another great thing about the convention is you're standing in line and it's pain in the butt, but you're also standing in line with a bunch of Star Wars fans who want to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And they started it with the new trailer, so. Excellent. Um, but uh, with Star Wars Rebels, if you haven't been watching, um, James Earl Jones has been voicing Darth Vader, and um, Frank Oz has been back, in, and it's a really, really amazing television show. And it's the, the what they're doing graphically with it is just stunning, especially on HD. Hmm. I definitely recommend start with season one, episode one, and work your way through it and get current. I think the pilot for season two premiere, pilot if it's called that, the, the season two uh, first episode is coming out in June or July. So you got some time to get caught up. Excellent, excellent. And uh, real quick, when I saw J.J. Abrams and for our good friend Elton McManus, J.J. Abrahams, he'll, he'll like that reference. Um, you know, he had the Star Wars The Force Awakens hat on and with his glasses. I'm like, oh, it looks like a young Spielberg. <laughs> I got all giddy. Uh, all right, yeah, you want to uh, get into the trailer as I uh, just screwed up your transition, or do nope. you want to go something else? Absolutely. Well, uh, just real quick, you want to touch on Rogue One? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do, yeah, Rogue One. Explain uh, what Rogue One is, Glenn. And you gave me, of course, off air. We've been talking about it. 
um, excited for it big time. So go for it. So obviously the biggest moment was the episode seven trailer. Um, the second was Rebels, but Rogue One was right there with what they gave us. Uh, the panel was um, Gareth Edwards did Monsters, which I haven't seen yet, and he also did Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla? Godzilla. <laughs> sorry, that, that's probably really bad to say, but I'm well, sorry, people. That's what they say in the movie. Yeah, no, that's um, true. That's true. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Pablo Hidalgo was the host, and he's kind of the lead on the Star Wars story group. And Kathleen Kennedy came out, and Kerry Hart came out. Kathleen Kennedy's the president of Lucasfilm, and Kerry Hart's the VP of development. And then they brought up Gareth Edwards, and he talked about how he wanted to take time off and, you know, six months and kind of recalculate and think about a new project. And Kathleen approached him about this, and she handed him a, a, a sheet on it. And he's thinking to himself, man, I hope this isn't something I want to do. Not that it's bad, but I just, yeah, I just kind of want to take a break. And as he's reading through it, he's reading through it, and he just his head drops when he gets to the end of it. And he it, take into account this is a Disney company and a lot of kids in the audience, and he dropped the f bomb. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Which everybody laughed at, of course, but he's just like, "There's no way I want anyone else to do this movie. I couldn't live with myself." <laughs> <laughs> so then they start getting into the, the nitty gritty about what this is about, and the premise is it's the rebels stealing the Death Star plans pre A New Hope. Oh, wow. And but very, very strong points he made are, this is a war movie. This isn't what you're expecting from Star Wars. They've hired creatives from Saving Private Ryan, from Black Hawk Down, from Zero Dark Thirty. This is going to be gritty. And I actually, I, I, someone had, had photographed, they asked us not to photograph, and there's a reason behind that uh, that I'll get to, but someone had photographed the uh, concept art, and I... I uh, I think I shared that with you on text, Heath. Mm. But yes, yes. It's, it's, it's the rebel soldiers that look like they're in the headgear that we saw in Jedi, like the cloth helmets with the metal bands around them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And landing ships that look like, if you combine like a, a troop transport with a snowspeeder, and it looks as if they're storming a beachfront. This looks like it could be a completely different Star Wars film. Yeah. I, anything we're expecting. Yeah, that's what I got from it. And then when you mentioned... The Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Zero Dark Thirty ties. I was like, oh, wow. This might be something that we've never... Uh, I mean, a Star Wars film that's, you know, under the umbrella, but that, like you said, it's gritty, and it's very exciting because it seems like, aside from, you know, Episode 7, 8, 9, we're getting these Star Wars spinoffs, and there, there could be all kinds of different types of filmmaking that make it just very interesting, especially for the common viewer. Exactly, exactly. And they, the other thing, I need to correct myself, they're not calling them spinoffs, they're calling them anthologies. Ah, okay, so... Which, in the title card they showed us, it says, Star Wars, Rogue One in bold print. Star Wars is... And then underneath is anthology. Anthology, so not... Sp yeah, spinoff spin does kind of seem kind of like, I don't know, roller skates and trays and, you know, yeah, exactly. not as good. <laughs> Maybe too close to American Graffiti. Yeah. Hey, I had to throw that in there. Um, and then Pablo Hidalgo, again, the host, was uh, kind of joking with Gareth Edwards. And he's like, you know, so what'd you, what'd you bring to show us? What kind of footage or whatever? And Gareth Edwards is like, well, we haven't even gone to camera yet. We're still scripting it. And Pablo Hidalgo's like, see, you know, every other panel's had footage. You didn't bring us anything? 
and the crowd's like, there's no way they've got footage. Yeah. And sure enough. <laughs> oh, really? ILM threw something together, and it was mind-blowing. <laughs> um, it's It starts out with a, an overview of, like, trees. Think in your head kind of like a, a avatar kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans up, and a TIE fighter goes flying by. And as the camera comes around the trees and the silhouette of the skyline, we see the Death Star. Oh, jeez. And the swelling Star Wars music. And then it cuts to the title. And you just hear these these rebels yelling through comlinks with static and everything. And they're like, we're under heavy fire. Get us out of here. We need assistance. And then it just goes to static. And I just got all those little bumps on my arm again. <laughs> that it's... sounds like our Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> With that game you play. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that didn't sound right. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Move along. But, I mean, the vibe from that was very alien to kind of, you know, uh, what's going on in this. What are we getting out of this? It was really cool. Wow. And the reason I don't think we're going to see it from this, um, Paramount beat Disney to game with MI5. Hmm. So um, Disney and Paramount came out with a deal that Disney's not going to advertise, or Lucasfilm's not going to advertise Rogue One, with the exception of Celebration, which is why they didn't want us recording any of this, Mm -hmm. until uh, the new MI5 is gone. You know, not gone, but But, I'm guessing to the point of being Blu-ray, probably, I'm guessing the earliest we're going to see anything is January. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because usually, you know, I think... uh, was it July it's coming out? And then usually, you know, you got like four months, the Blu-ray comes out. So that makes sense. But I, I honestly, I hope they release what they showed us because uh, it it's nice, man. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun when we get into that one. Cool. In a completely different direction. But And then the big boy. <laughs> oh, the big boy. The big Chewbacca in the room. Indeed. <laughs> Glenn, we're home, baby. <laughs> Oh, my. Um, <laughs> so one of the things, I didn't see this panel, but on the first books panel, one of the great things they announced is Alan Dean Foster's coming back to do the novelization. And uh, Expanded Universe fans will realize he's the first one who wrote a Star Wars EU book called The Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and I think that was 78. And I don't believe Han and Chewie are in that one. I think it's just Luke, Leia, R2, and 3PO, and Vader. And he returned and he wrote uh, The Approaching Storm in 2002, which is a prequel just before Episode 2. Okay. But he's writing the novelization of The Force Awakens. And as I understand it from uh, Mark Newbold over at JediNews.com, it's not being released until January. So they're being very cautious as to the problems they had with the uh, prequels, the soundtrack problem they had with The Menace. Star Wars fans know what I'm talking about. Um, they 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 really are trying to keep this locked kind of quietly, so um, that's smart on their end. But yeah. um, so you want to get into the trailer? Let's do this. Um, so I mean, it kicks off with I recognize Binary Sunset, and this is kind of a question for Matt Murdock, but um, I think there's some other pieces of music throughout it. And I think one of them may be Yoda in the Force from Empire Strikes Back, but I think that's up to Matt. We'll have to find that from him. Okay. Um, but I definitely think these are new recordings from John Williams. They don't sound 
like what I own on my digital copies. So, so what? Uh, starting off the trailer, what was the theme being played? I think it's Binary Sunset. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was Luke and Leia, and then I listened to Luke and Leia, and I'm like, that's not. No, that's not it. So, I think it's like 30 seconds into Binary Sunset is kind of the cue they pick with. Okay, that's they one of my with. favorite songs. That's why when when I heard that because I rewatched the trailer again today and I got these goosebumps. I'm like, Glenn, are you ready to record? <laughs> I've got them again just by you saying. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Um, so <laughs> the one I, I think it's kind of a gimme now on the actress and a couple of the other actors. That's. I think common knowledge, so I think we can, uh, as their their act, actor, actress name, and then the character name, and then I think we can just refer to them as that mm-hmm. as we go. So it opens with what appears to be Daisy Ridley Ray. We don't know her last name yet, if she has one. But her uh, fudge sickle, thank you, Miss Wendy. Uh, <laughs> and she, she, the, she's uh, speeding past a crashed X-Wing, which it, it's a T-65, which is the model they used in the original trilogy mm. and you can tell because the the uh, fusual engines are round and the new ones the t i'm guessing is a t70 i don't think it's been announced they're cut in half which was the original um design for the ships when they okay. were first in creative in a new hope <laughs> and then she goes past a um, an imperial class star destroyer which is crazy that was awesome. I saw that. I, that get, I was like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, the X-wing was cool, and then when that showed up, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this is gonna be intense. Um, and it goes to a black screen, and we hear Mark Hamill's voiceover, and he confirmed it's him at Celebration, and he said that he talked to J.J. Abrams because he'd gone in and done audio recordings of it again. But J.J. had told him that he was also using the re- original recordings from Jedi, the audio. If you guys remember when Luke gives that speech to Leia, it's very similar. Mm, yeah. And Mark Hamill couldn't figure out which one was actually being used. Oh, and wow. And J.J. said most of the re-recording is echo in the background. So a lot of it is very true to what he said in Jedi. Oh, that's all. Oh, this is, we're just going to call this the Chills Podcast. <laughs> So um, his voiceover starts out, and he says, the Force is strong in my family. And it fades in a burnt helmet. And it's on some kind of display stand. And I think on the right-hand side, you can see, like, the silhouette of someone staring at it. And kind of faintly in the background, if you're not paying attention, you can hear the Darth Vader breath. Mm. And Mark Hamill says, my father has it. And that's a key thing. You and I mentioned, talked about Yes. That. My father has it. Yeah. So... They they could be, I don't know. I mean, maybe they can solidify after they get blue and glowy. I'm counting on it later in life, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting on it right now. I mean, but it's just not working. I, I mean, the, we're in a brand new arena. All of the EU is is uh, discounted, so a lot of the stuff that we consider canon, up to and maybe even including like the Jedi uh, styles that I talked about in. In the Blu-ray podcast we did, mm-hmm. we don't know if any of that's true anymore. Yeah, very if interesting. If it wasn't in the feed, wasn't in the Clone Wars, it's not considered canon. From this point forward, according to Lucasfilm, everything is going through the storybook or the story group, and that includes video games. That includes children. 
Marvel Comics. Marvel's got uh, uh, right now that are great. I'm subscribed to all th all four of them. Of course you got are. A, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> right, come on. And, <laughs> they've got a, another one coming out, I think, in June or July uh, about Lando Calrissian. So they're they're making him prominent again in the universe. Brought to you by Colt Forty Five. <laughs> oh, sorry. So smooth. So smooth. Um. So after that, my father has it be cut to um, someone in a white shirt with a black cloak and uh, clearly a, a bionic or metallic hand. And hmm. I think we all kind of can guess at who that might be. Hmm. <laughs> and he reaches out and he touches R2-D2. And it would appear as if he's looking or he's sitting near a camp or, you know, some kind of fire. Mm -hmm. Fire, and fire. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong. You can't say that on MTV. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> and he, the voiceover says, I have it. And one of the really important things that jumped out to me during Celebration in one of the Doug Chang panels, he was talking about the design and the colorings in Star Wars in the original trilogy mm -hmm. and how he'd studied these and how when they went into production on the prequels, the whole premise of everything's clean, everything's new. This happened a long time before A New Hope. Completely forget everything you've studied and learned about A New Hope and, and Empire and Jedi because we're starting clean. But one of the things they maintained was the black, white, dark color, light color. You see it in the Jedi robes. You see it in the Death Star. You know, dark colored walls with little white lights, circular white lights as if you're surrounded by evil, but there's a little bit of hope. Mm. And that's a big underlying theme in the design of Star Wars. And as you start paying attention to that, it jumps out at you in a big way. Wow. Um, so that, in a white shirt under a, a dark-colored cloak, again, it was like everything he was talking about at the convention was just, it was gospel, it was golden. Mm. I'm so glad we, we got a chance to go. Um... And then it goes to, uh, there's a lot of people haven't picked up on this yet, but it is an alien child that, or a, a smaller alien at least, that hands a lightsaber to a female, an adult, maybe, you know, teen, somewhat female. And I don't consider this a spoil, but if you, spoiler, but if you pause the video right at 52 seconds, you might have to scrub left or right just a little bit. In the upper right-hand corner, you see the uh, the creature's face, and it looks very, very much to me like a uh, Natolan, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't remember if I am, but that's Kit Fisto's race. Clone Wars fans, you know him. Fans of the prequels, you know him. He was one of the three Jedi that went with Mace Window to confront the Emperor. Oh, the yeah, 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 three. okay, okay. And the first two the Emperor takes out quickly. Kit Fisto's the next one he takes out. And then Mace is fighting him. He's, he's got, like, almost globe eyes. He lives on an aquatic planet. There's a whole series. Aquatic Chris? Own. Exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if they have, uh, what's his place? Huh? But what's his restaurant? Oh, Sonic. <laughs> it's, Sonic. Not a, it's not a real <laughs> restaurant, but no, that's <laughs> okay. Chris's. But, um... <laughs> kind of like you know like a, a squid like tentacles coming off of his head if you guys if you guys look him up on wikipedia or even just google him kit fisto you'll see what i mean and the comparison with 
the, the smaller alien that's handing the saber is very close. So I think that might be the race we're seeing there or something entirely new. Who knows? Mm. Um, but the voiceover says, you know, my sister has it. So obviously Carrie Fisher's been cast. We all know that. So Leia's alive and, and well. Um, goes to a black screen and we hear him say, you have that power too. And that's one of the big questions is who is he talking to? Mm. I'm guessing it's one of the, the three main leads, but who is it? Um, this was something I did not catch, but the next card is this Christmas. Until I looked at the trailer again this afternoon and I'm like, I wonder what that font is. And I looked it up and it's ITC Sharif Gothic Heavy, which is the exact same in The Force Awakens on the title card. And it's also the exact same font they used in newspaper ads for Star Wars 1977. Oh my gosh. So, now, to quote John Travolta, I got chills. They're multiplying. They are literally <laughs> paying so much attention to detail in what they're giving us. JJ I mean, and Kathleen. They're, they subconsciously are going to people my age and your age who remember these and and hitting us subconsciously when we don't even know it by yeah. using, you know, a, a, a brilliant font that was used in 77 Jeez. in advertising. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and then we get, we get a big swell in the music and it cuts to that squad of X-Wings and they're, <sighs> I'm guessing they're the T-70s. Because if you look at the engines, instead of being circular on both the top and the bottom, they're cut in half. Like I was talking about before, that's the mm -hmm. original Ralph McQuarrie design. And, um, you know, Oscar Isaac, his character name is Poe Dameron. And we see him piloting the X-Wing and shouting Wahoo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-yo, Silver, or hi-ho, Silver. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking for all the little Easter eggs and things I can. And I, I, I the obvious for Poe when you Google it, but... Dameron, which I'm completely unfamiliar with, was or is a type of French wine that's a Pinot Rouge, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm not a wine guy, but R-O-U-G-E, which is strikingly close to Rogue. Oh, <laughs> yes. But that's just, you know, hearsay. And then we cut to uh, the Sith guy, who we'll talk about a little bit more later, but... Uh, and he's cutting down with a saber, and we talked about in the original initial reaction on the other trailer, my thoughts on the saber, and I'll get back into those later, but um, and it cuts back to Ray and John Boyega, whose character's name is Finn, again, we don't have a last name, and BB-8, and they're running from a TIE fighter that's attacking uh, like an outpost or something. Um, cuts back to Kylo Ren, and it looks as if he's using a fort someone off camera um, I'm sorry Glenn someone, what was that um, it, uh, we cut back to, to Kylo Ren mm -hmm. and it looks as if he's using a force push okay force push it looks like that but you know we don't we're not seeing what's happening mm -hmm. okay and uh, in the background you notice there's a bunch of troopers and they're holding what appear to be people of that area at bay and it looks like a new model of a moisture evaporator like Luke had on the, the farmstead in A New Hope. Dude, your mind's unbelievable. This is, <laughs> I'm just like, honestly, it's like I'm just listening. So 
I, I, I'm just like, what? What? I, I can't write this stuff down fast enough. So at least I have it on the podcast so I can keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I interrupt me, man, because I'll just keep going. No, 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 no. The, the fans don't want to hear me for once. Well, maybe they never want to hear me. <laughs> but uh, no, this is great. Please keep going because I'm just going to have my funny comments and questions. But I'm all like, I'm getting this stuff firsthand from you. And I'm just like in my chair here, just like, you're listening to the film list. <laughs> well, 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 definitely in the in the last section, we're going to be like, but what do you? But what do you think of? What do you? What uh, do you? Anyway, what? Okay, yeah. Um, so then they cut to this. I don't know if anyone noticed, but it, it's a big presentation of a military with a giant red flag and a new type of insignia, and it looks like it's a snow planet, and it looks like it may be something similar to a snow planet we know from from another movie. Um, and a really, really large army. Some new TIE fighter designs we're seeing, and they pretty much reversed the color scheme. And again, we're back to the black and white thing. Um, bunch of uh, people up on a podium we'll get to. Um, one thing I did notice that I'm going to mention here, because I don't really think it's a spoiler, but in the back line on the podium, there's two troopers on each side, which both of them on each side are wearing the blotched color band on their right shoulder mm-hmm. which normally stormtroopers as as i understand it never wore a rank insignia but oh yeah 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 if they were in more or less an environment where they, they didn't consider they'd be a lot of trouble case in point moss eisley you notice the stormtrooper that's questioning luke and ben about the droids is wearing the same thing Mm. I think it's a rank insignia, so maybe the ones up there are higher rank. And it does look like on the left side of that shot, at about a minute 12, there's a bunch of people in black garb. And if you go three from the left, it kind of looks like they're wearing TIE fighter pilot suits. But it's really, really, really hard to see. Mm-hmm. I got good monitors at work, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, then we cut to Ray looking up at something or someone, and I kind of think that may be a reaction to uh, what we the explosions we're seeing earlier, mm-hmm. like when they first start or something, but we'll get to that too. Um, two new TIE fighters coming across the screen, a little bit of smoke in the foreground. The, the new TIE fighter design, the only thing I noticed that stood out at me is there's some red markings on the bracers that are going out to the solar panels. Um and it appears as if the guns are lit up more than they were in the original trilogy. They seem brighter in the front. Uh, definitely a darker gray, white solar collectors where it was reversed in Star Wars. It was more of a metal gray on the ship or a white. And the solar collectors were black. Um, cut to a landing bay with an attack going on. It's clearly a landing bay. I mean, it almost looks like, um, I think it's Bay 327 from... Uh, a New Hope. Well, at least it wasn't Bay 227. Then would really be <laughs> referencing. <laughs> but uh, there's there's one tie in particular that seems to be taking out all the troops there. And um, it, it's a different kind of design. It, in 16 in the trailer, if you pause it, you get a really good angle. The If you're used to the, the original designs on the, on the uh, fighters, including the tie advanced, they had that kind of circular cockpit. Mm-hmm. 
with the smaller windows coming off on, on, the, on the front. This one has a horizontal cockpit that looks completely like nothing I've seen. And it almost appears as if there's a red glow coming out of it. So I think it might be some kind of new advanced TIE fighter. Well, it's safe to say that this is not going to be an Ed Wood movie. This has got more detail than, oh, this is a J.J. Yeah, Abrams movie. There, there's so much in this. Um, and it almost appears as if the, the, the coloring on that individual tie is chrome in the way that the explosions and things are reflecting off of it. So I think that might be tied to a character we meet later in the trailer. Um and the other thing to notice, if you again, if you pause right at that one minute sixteen, the connections attaching to the solar panels almost look like like uh, those old time machine guns with the round things. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. And I'm I'm curious if the the normal Tie Fighters in in the original trilogy didn't have any hyperdrive and they had no shields. That's what made them more maneuverable. Darth Vader's Tie Advance did. But I'm curious if, if this is just a completely redesign on a newer TIE, tie fighter that's more effective. Um, we get a cut of... Oh, in the background on that, it looks like there's some kind of new escort ship, which I have no idea yet. Oh, I love escorts. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> no, I don't. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry okay. to break this uh, no, no, no. this is what i do glenn oh, what i do that was genius uh, um and and <laughs> last thing on that scene real quick is uh in the foreground it's kind of hard to see but there's some like storage crates or ammo crates or something with some digital stuff going on them and there's a guy kind of huckered down between them that it, it almost looks like an imperial officer hiding from all the pro- trouble go figure <laughs> it, it could be a TIE pilot or something, but it's definitely someone in darker clothing. So Janice Slint from Game of Thrones hiding in the uh, the pantry at Winterfell? No. It may be. Yeah, maybe. Knows? Knows? <laughs> See if he leaves a puddle. Yeah, uh, of his own making. <laughs> and then we cut to uh, Finn, and he looks like he's on a transport. And it looks like the back of the transport may be open because he's looking down. He's got bloody handprint on his his stormtrooper helmet and he takes his helmet off and look on his face he's, he's clearly not happy with and if you if you kind of scrub that scene a couple times notice that the light is moving and it almost looks like fire so you can say it i won't do fire fire sorry <laughs> you say it <laughs> send demons high school football rules oh not that one um. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, the pieces are starting to come together, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the next scene, you're going to love this. It appears to be four escorts. Oh, hey. Type of trans- That's like <laughs> a Friday night for me. <laughs> All right. God, Lady Solo's going to strike <laughs> me down. Uh, yeah, but you'll become more powerful than she could possibly imagine. <laughs> um, uh, and they're heading to, I, I, it's got to be a new class of Star Destroyer. And it looks like the the original Imperial class Star Destroyer that we remember from the very beginning of A New Hope. And it looks like it's sitting on top of a Super Star Destroyer, but a smaller version of a Super Star Destroyer. And that's difficult to say. <laughs> but 
the, the Superstar Destroyer class, you guys might remember as Darth Vader's Excelsior class, which was the really massive Star Destroyer that we saw in... It's in Jedi. I think it's in Empire, too. Um, and it literally, it dwarfs the Imperial class Star, Star Destroyers. So it kind of looks like the two of those designs were kind of mushed together. Or maybe they've, you know, come up with a way to dock them, which I don't know if that would make sense, but... Um, and we cut to Finn um, on what looks like a transport from the... Oh, wait, I read that bit. Um, oh, the new Chrome Trooper. Yeah. That's just What's up with I, that? I, I, not a confirmed name. That's the best way, I think, to describe it. It's probably probably his name is Sir Glenn Ewing or something, or or, or, or Sir Timothy Hanks, <laughs> to, to quote. Timothy from Hanks. The, oh, yes. Inside <laughs> joke that I'll... Uh, uh, Real quick, we play this awesome game. We, we, uh, me, Glenn, our friend Matt, uh, and we have a bunch of people that join in. But it's it's a game where it's like Hangman, where it's like horse, where you you get M O V I E. And how do you get that? Well, you'll lose. But you you name an actor or a movie. So I'll go Star Wars, and Glenn will go Mark Hamill, and then the next person has to name a Mark Hamill movie, but not one we've used. I mean, you could do Empire or whatever. So we, we, you know, we go around, and then once you get stumped, you get a letter. It's a, it's a fun game. You can play at home on road trips. We just get a kick out of it because we learn about a lot about movies and stuff. And uh, anyway, uh, to make a long story short, uh, I always say uh, Thomas Hanks for Tom Hanks, and then Glenn came up with a new one, Sir Timothy Hanks. Because I'm like, he's like Tom Hanks. I'm like, no, say it right, thinking he's going to say Thomas Hanks. He goes, Sir Timothy Hanks. Uh, and the fact that uh, our good our good old friend Jeff thought Dennis Hopper did the spaghetti sauce. Uh, oh wow! So now we call it Hopper's own instead of Paul Newman Newman's oh. own. Uh, that was funny. We were laughing about it yesterday too. Anyway, I digress. Just, I, th- I think it was you who said don't mix it with the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I said that, but that might have been you. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. One of us said it. Uh, I always get credit for things I don't say, but it's good. I mean. I mean, Axel gives me credit for podcast Littlefell, and he's the one who came up with it. And then he's telling Matt, "Oh yeah, Heath came up with it." I'm like, "I mean, I'll take the credit, but it was you." you know? So anyway, the the last uh, I don't know if it was the initial reaction that Matt did or the the fan call in, but Donald was on there, and he announced that he was launching cod, podcast Middlefell. Middlefell, yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. It was oh, brilliant. As he goes, it's going to be 15 minutes long. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, back on the Chrome, yes. clo- uh, chrome Trooper, uh, wearing, a, a, again, black cloak, red lining, and apparently it's some kind of underground base because on the left side of the screen you see the rock formation that's reflecting a red light from further down in the hallway. Mm. Um, and just kind of sauntering towards the camera. We'll get into that a little bit more later. The... Uh, and then we cut to BB-8, which, by the way, the uh, opening ceremony, they brought out BB-8 on stage, and it is fully functioning. Yeah, I noticed that. That was... Your mind. I was like, wait a minute, is that real? I, I don't think it can pilot a ship, and I don't <laughs> think it has artificial intelligence. Yeah, no, I... I... <laughs> but the robot designers that they introduced at that opening panel, it's I think it's up on on StarWars.com's YouTube page. If it's not, it's certainly searchable, as are a lot of the panels. 
but the BB-8 will blow your mind. It mm. looks exactly like you're seeing in the movie. It's a practical effect. Um, and it's interacting with R2. But what the scene we're seeing in the trailer is BB-8's pure, definitely the Millennium Falcon. I, I say that without any question. Mm -hmm. Here's the conundrum. Um, where he is on the Millennium Falcon would... Because right behind him is the ladder that Luke and Han use to get to the guns, which is actually facing the pathway that goes to the cockpit, not the ramp. Hmm. So I'm curious if he's looking into the cockpit for some reason. He's peering around that corner. Based on the angle of where he is, unless they've somehow flipped the screen, He's still looking down the hallway that goes to the cockpit. Let me let me backstep here a little bit. You run up the ramp into the Millennium Falcon. To the left, it circles around. There's an engineering station. There's uh, circuitry sec sections and stuff like that. And you into a half circle. You take a quick left. You get to the little ceiling hatch where Lando goes up and rescues Luke at the bottom of Bespin. Mm -hmm. If you continue then around to the right, you end up where the maintenance access is, where they're trying to fix the Falcon's hyperdrive, that's also where Luke is practicing in A New Hope and where Chewie's playing chess. Mm. If you continue around, again, this little hallway coming out, that's where the secret compartments are that they hide in. Yep. Directly to your right is the ladder that goes up and down to the guns. Directly to your left is a long hallway that goes to the cockpit. And if you finish that full circle, you're right back where you started at the ramp. So if you have that in your head, BB-8 is looking down the hallway that goes to the cockpit, and behind him is the ones, which is curious why he'd be looking down there. Because mm. he looks scared of something. Well, you know why but, he is? Because he's on the on the BB-8, BB-8-1, <laughs> BB-8-2. Oh, yeah, that we, is interesting. Jeez. But we've, for someone whose entire body is a ball, he he really is scared of a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you be? Uh, yeah, I, no. <laughs> I think he needs to hang out with R two a little bit and gain some some uh, some confidence. But, um... <laughs> yeah, you're right. So so where he is behind him would be the chessboard and where Luke is practicing in a new hope and and he's literally right on top of the hidden compartments they hide in in a new hope. Hmm. Um, then we cut to Ray extending her hand to Fenn, who's fallen for some reason. And, and he can't get definitely, <laughs> exactly, he didn't have life alert. <laughs> 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 Something's definitely going around because there's going on at that point because there's people running around in the background and it's kind of faint and hard to see. But if you if you go through it a couple times, you'll see it. Also, as she pulls Fenn up to stand. And minute 25, pause it. There's a person right behind him that's blocked by him initially. And they're shading their eyes and looking off in the distance. This may be the beginning of the attack that we're seeing earlier. Mm. But this also may be the first point that those two meet. Mm -hmm. I love her. She looks great. And it's like almost it's perfect casting. And if I'm not mistaken, she's one of the people they got off the video audition. Jesus, you kidding me? No, I think she is. Wow. I may be wrong. Don't take me to gospel on that. But, mm -hmm. um, 
that could be a very poignant moment if that's the point when those two meet. But yeah, yeah. Then we cut to the Millennium Falcon being chased through wreckage. Yes. Um, by two of the new TIE fighters. And mm-hmm. again, the Falcon's got the different dish. If you remember in Return of the Jedi, it came off in the attack on the Death Star when Lando and Nib Nub were going after the, the uh, power core. And Lando got too close to the ceiling. Or mm-hmm. the angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is actually one of my highlights. It pans, the camera kind of pans around. You see the Falcon flying into one of the uh, 50.x engines of a crashed, inverted Super Star Destroyer. The same one we saw at the beginning of the trailer. That was an Imperial class. This is a Super Star Destroyer. Every time you say Super Star Destroyer, I think of the kink song. Paranoia <laughs> Self-Destroyer. Sorry. I, I'm, every time I say it, I, I pat myself on the shoulder for getting through it. Because <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's something serious happened yeah. on this planet. Yeah. I mean, we've got a Super Star Destroyer crashed. We've got an Imperial class Star Destroyer and only a, one X-Wing. So apparently the Rebels won. But <laughs> we get a, a, a cut of a new TIE fighter pilot. Um, definitely some, like, red markings down the front of the helmet. Some people are speculating that those are reflections. And I scroll through it. I don't see the reflections moving. So okay. I think that may be maybe a rank or, or, or if you think back into, um, like, American war films, the the... People in the military would doctor their helmets and put peace symbols and things like that, and pilots would do the same thing and sometimes do the same thing on their planes. So that may be something that they're playing around with. Okay. But, you know, who knows? It could just be reflections. But I don't – just looking at it, it doesn't look like the, the red lines move the way a reflection would move. But the other thing that I think is cool, which always bothered me, in the original TIE fighters in Star Wars Empire and Jedi – the top canopy was solid, so the, the the pilot could only see out of that ship in one direction. And I don't mean the band. But... <laughs> oh, thank God! <laughs> but the uh, if you if you really look close, it looks like the top canopy is now clear, which gives them another angle. They can look up and see if something's above them, spin around and come in and attack. I think that's really. From a design standpoint, I think they, that's a really brilliant idea. Um, and the other thing that jumped out at me at this point was the Falcon being chased like this. It completely calls back to Return of the Jedi when Lando's flying into the center of the Death Star and all the TIE fighters are after him. Interesting. And <laughs> you take it, man. <laughs> You know where we're going here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Chewy, we're home. Ugh. Harrison it's... Ford playing Han Solo. Looks a lot older as Glenn cracks open a Miller Lite. But, and then, of course, but it's awesome to see him on screen. And then with Chewy. Oh, man. Okay, Glenn. This uh, we play fantasy baseball, and your uh, picture as we play this week is the two a screen cap of the two of them. Just from 
a fan perspective from growing up with Star Wars to see them on screen as those characters together like it, it, you can't explain it you want to cry you want to cheer you, you, we get those chills and you know so, so such a response like Gareth uh, from the UK and a bunch of people tweeting like this is bringing back this one little well the music but this one little clip this one line is making us all kids again and just really like wow and I, I, well I'm very rarely speechless but it just hits at home and just as like it brings you back to a time where Life was so simple in the 80s, and, you know, it just, you know, it just, it really got me very excited. And, I mean, regardless of everything else, I think this film is going to be amazing. J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, everybody involved, it feels like this is coming after Jedi. It feels like that type of film, it just... It feels right. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know. And, oh, they're going to ruin it or whatever. No, ain't going to happen. This, I thank you for giving me a chance to recover. Yes, I have figured I'd give you a chance. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, uh, StarWars.com put it up on YouTube, the trailer, I think before the, the opening ceremony was over. And easily, I am fortunate enough to have unlimited data on my phone. I watched that trailer probably 200 times standing in line over that weekend. <laughs> and I got... I'm doing it again. I got chills. I got, I got choked up every yeah. single... And people, like, standing behind me, knowing I was watching the trailer, and they'd, you know, they'd hear me sniffle or something. I had one guy just put his hand on my shoulder and squeeze it and go, I know, man, I know. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed by it at all. It mm-hmm. is, It is completely... That that moment just takes me back to being nine years old. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's – and, yeah, you shouldn't be embarrassed because it's, you know, it's emotions. It's life. We we live life, and, you know, a lot of days are hard, and, there you know, there's a lot going on in the world. There's so many things. We all have our personal things we have to deal with. But what we live for is those adrenaline moments that just, you know – they take our minds and we we escape. We, I mean, part of life, like Jimmy Valve, the great late Jimmy Valvano say, like if you every day if you don't think, laugh or cry, it's not a full day. And you know, there's so much that uh, we get stressed out about and we just we lose it. But to be able to get simple emotion satisfaction over a trailer of something you know a movie we love a book we read uh, a song we play like the no- nothing beats that it, it, it's regular human emotion we get from different fo- different mediums everyday life i mean just you and i joking and we laugh and cry and and you know just the the interaction we have with people and then you get interaction with people talking about something you love on tv like we did with lost we do with star wars game of thrones any you know our top tens and there's nothing wrong with that i used to glenn when i was 
uh, it was a sophomore after my sophomore year of college. I interned. I came to L.A. for the first time, and I did an internship for a couple of months. And I, I didn't have a car, but my roommate did. And this girl that I was interning, uh, she worked. She, she would pick me up on the way. So I was in Westwood Village. So I would go. They have like six different theaters, and I would go see movies all the time because I had a lot of free time. And I knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew I was going to move here after college. And I'm watching like a trailer to a walk in the clouds and I'm, cr- and I'm like shedding tears because I know this is going to be the next part of my life. This is what I want to do. And the emotion you get, it sounds so stupid, but it just, I loved, that's when I really started going to the movies alone. I haven't done it that much lately. Um, because, you know, we have a lot of friends and stuff where we go. But I used to that used to be kind of like my thing. I'll take a Thursday afternoon, go see a movie, and just lose myself. And it, it, Star Wars is what, what I mean, that's th- th- this experience is a part of it. And the emotion, it's great. And it, like you said, it brings you back to nine years old. It brings me back to, you know, four or five years old when, uh, when I saw Empire. And it, it just, man, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm getting choked up again. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the the easiest way I've I've come to be able to describe this feeling is imagine like there's a really really good song that reminds you of someone that you haven't talked to in a while, and you pick up the phone, you call them, and you reminisce, and you you get back in touch, and it seems like you know you guys haven't missed a day. For me, with Star Wars, I was never able to call those guys back up again. Mm-hmm. So I saw A New Hope or Empire, or I listened to John Williams, or they cued, you know, uh, John Williams' music or something in Rebels or the Clone Wars or the the prequels or anything like that. I, I, it's clear how much I care about Star Wars, how much it, it, it means to me. Mm-hmm. I could never call that friend. And they just called me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's the perfect way to put it. And, you know, some people don't get it. Some people definitely get it. Some people are thinking now, oh, wow. You know, and, that, you know, that's the beauty of life, how we share things. Like right now we're recording a podcast. We're sharing it. We're going to be sharing it with other people, like our true feelings and, you know, analyzing it, but also how it hits home for us. And it gives us an outlet to it's expression it's be like being an artist and it's the call the the old friend calling thing that's perfect you're right it's it, it's uh, it's unexplainable at times but that feeling you get uh it's just it's awesome and this takes me back every time i see it it takes me back to that point where i was just beyond frustrated waiting in line for the opening ceremony to get a wristband to get back in line and wait. And I was frustrated, and my lawn was too big, and my patience was too short, <laughs> and I walked up to the room. Yeah. Stormed up to the room, as a Wookiee will. <laughs> I I could have been in that any of those rooms, because they simulcasted on, on all of the stages, mm-hmm. and just felt that feeling from all of those Star Wars fans feeling it and and don't get me wrong Carlos is a great guy and everything but it wasn't the same just he and I up in the hotel watching it on a Mac mm-hmm. it, it would have been epic to have stayed there and then they showed it again but 
you know that, that that's one thing if i could redo celebration that's the one thing i would you know as yoda says i would but i was never a good doctor <laughs> <laughs> anyway a couple notes about han and chewie um and this is the Star Wars nerd in me, but they're looking into the, the main room where Luke was practicing his lightsaber. They're standing in on top of the areas that everybody hid in A New Hope on the Millennium Falcon. So they've walked up the ramp, down that circle to the right, mm -hmm. skipped the cockpit, skipped the ladders up to the guns and down to the guns, and walked into the main room where the chessboard and everything is. And a couple things jumped out at me. Chewie has changed his sights on his crossbow. And, yes, that's pushing up my glasses and adjusting my pocket. <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, the, the glasses on the sight, he has three sights that are close that he looks through. They're, they're more grayish color, and they're more prominent than they were in the originals. And the other thing, Han's wearing a leather jacket, which is a different style we've never seen. But, again, it goes to the uh, Amy Beth Christensen panel were one of the prominent points she made and it carries on throughout all the films throughout Rebels, throughout Clone Wars none of the costumes have buttons and none of them have zippers that are visual, visual, visible which is interesting because one of the points she made is it immediately draws the eye to it and you don't want to do that mm. so there's no, no visible buttons or anything on his coat there's like little badges or something on his, his left chest. But And the other thing is, and this jumped out to be kind of prominently, and we'll get into this a little bit in the spoiler section, but again, Chewie looks very hesitant and Han looks very relieved. Mm. And it reminded me of Empire Strikes Back when Lando Calrissian was first introduced. Oh, interesting. That's right. Doesn't uh, Chewie grab Lando? Does he start oh, choking that, him? That's that's after Han's been frozen in carbon. Oh, okay, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. When they first land, and Han's like, "Buddy," <laughs> Lando's like, "You slimy double cross." Oh, that's no right, the stuff. other one. <laughs> the whole time, you know, Han's like, "Keep your eyes open, but don't look like you're keeping your eyes open." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chewie looks suspicious the entire time. Leia, who I think is clearly smarter than both of them combined, but. She's very suspicious. Han is doing his best. Hey, it's me. And I get that same kind of look from Chewie, whereas the look I'm seeing from, from Han Solo is, okay, I know how to deal with this. Hmm. God, you got that from just that? That's amazing. <laughs> I, again, I've watched it. I don't know how many yeah. times. but And, and that's, I, I think that, that we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, because we're we're hitting about an hour, so you want to take a you know some a little time here to do do the spoiler section, or is there anything you want to cover, or potential spoiler section, or is there anything yeah. you want to add before we jump into there? Well, just a note for everybody. I, I am for spoiler free. I listen to Rebel Force Radio, and they have their spoiler section at the end, and occasionally. Jimmy or Jason will let something loose that maybe they shouldn't. But I have not sought them out. I have no intention of see seeking them out. The only thing I'm going to kind of talk about presented to us at Star Wars Celebration. Okay. 
and then we can speculate. And at this point, it is all speculation. I know this universe, I may be speculating pretty close to the mark. I don't know. So if you're comfortable with that, you know, feel free to listen on. I don't know if we're going to unleash any gems or what, but, you know, that's Maybe said, some kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that said, um, if you don't want to know some of the stuff they showed us at Celebration, some of the things that have been confirmed at Celebration, um, then maybe you shouldn't listen to the spoilers. Okay. So potential spoilers, listen at your own risk from this point on. It's We're not going to – like because I know I've, I've heard a couple of things. I'm not even going to go that route because I don't even know. We're just going to kind of talk about Star Wars Celebration. Like you said, some – some new things and things that could be spoilery, but we just want to be careful, just in case we, you know, we want to, we don't want to let anything out of the bag that, you know, we don't want to catch you off guard. So right now, from here on out, Star Wars potential spoilers with everyone's favorite Star Wars fan, Glenn Ewing. Okay. <laughs> um, just one touch because I mentioned it before. I want to go back to the Star Wars Rebel stuff. Okay. And. Again, if you've not seen the Clone Wars, there's a really cool connection. I won't elaborate um, unless you want me to tell you, Heath, and then tell me. the wheels are off the wagon. But Tell me. All right. So in Star Wars, the Clone uh, Anakin Skywalker, who later becomes Vader. What? Ahsoka, <laughs> oh. He's a Padawan named Ahsoka Tano, who for all intents and purposes gets framed in the last season and leaves the Jedi order. And that's the last we see of her. And at the season finale of star Wars rebels, season one, he's back <laughs> and it's an epic, epic moment. Oh, cool. she's a great character. She's a fan favorite. Um, and star Wars rebels Two trailer. If, if anybody you know, is listening right now, they, she's prominent in that trailer, but, there's also a main character in, in the Clone Wars, who's one of the clone soldiers. And Captain Rex is back, as is in Star Wars Rebels Season 2 trailer. I'm not sure which episode they're going to be in. But Rex, the problem with the clones is, is we're familiar with Season 3, and even in the Clone Wars, but mainly in, in Episode 3, I mean, not Season 3. The Clone Wars have been programmed with Order 66 that they're unaware of until it's activated. So there's other things going on in the programming on um, Camino, the water planet, where they're being built, that the Emperor has the ability to command them, or even higher-ups in the Empire might have the ability to make them do things that they wouldn't normally do. Mm -hmm. And... Dave Filoni, after the Clone Wars was canceled and while he was in pre-production on uh, Star Wars Rebels, released what essentially is season six of the Clone Wars on Netflix. And it's brilliant. It answers so many questions. If you remember in our first Blu-ray podcast when uh, I was talking in episode two when Anakin starts slaughtering the Tusken Raiders and you hear Qui-Gon Jinn's voice say, Anakin, no. Mm -hmm. And Yoda kind of looked. That's one of the the plot lines in this season six Netflix series. They cover that. They cover Qui Gon talk, talk 
and the beginning of the communing with the force. But um, there's all where a soldier named Fives, a clone trooper, discovers a, a, the programming essentially within the clones and someone brought this up after we saw the trailer and they're like how does Captain Rex get out of this and I'm going to read you the, the quote that uh, Filoni said real quick he said <laughs> excuse me when George was selling the company he and I sat down and actually talked about it and mapped out exactly how Rex and Ahsoka survived if you remember in season 6 of the Clone Wars Fives who's one of the troopers discovers the truth about clone programming and he tells Rex I've always believed that the truth can break any spell it's kind of a mystical thing but real and true as well of course when Rex doesn't turn against the Jedi that makes him a traitor and the other clones will go after him as well Filoni um, one more tease at us and he goes we may all love Captain Rex, and he's a dear character from Star Wars The Clone Wars. But then he reiterates Kanan, who's one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels, who's a Jedi, who were betrayed and murdered by the clones. He might not like him so much. Hmm. And he hinted at Ahsoka, Anakin's Padawan, who's now an adult female, perhaps confronting Darth Vader. Who is in Star Wars Rebels? Oh wow! Voiced by James. Oh, Will that's Jones. right. Yes, yes. So that could be an amazing moment in Star Wars Rebels if we get to it. Mm. So, excellent. Uh, Force What's Awakens next? spoilers. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it because we got to wrap up soon. No worries. All but right. I know you got a lot of stuff to get to, so I'll let her rip. We, we can burn through them. Um, okay. So one of the first things in the the uh, on the third floor in the celebration in the the arc the um, memorabilia room from Episode Seven, the uh, Force Awakens was. It appears as if the Empire and the along, they're called the First Order. Empire. Okay. And the Resistance. That's not saying the Empire and Rebellion are gone, but those are the titles that everything was tagged with. The sand planet we're seeing is called Jakku. It is not Tatooine. It is another desert planet. And it's not a haiku. It's Jakku. It's, it could be haiku. Well, it could be. You know what? It could be. It could be a variation, different uh, syllables. Okay. Um, and Star Wars Battlefront, which is the big uh, video game that's coming out in December, there will be downloadable content for the Battle of Jakku, oh. where potentially we, as players, get to see superstar destroyers destroyed and crashed and imperial class and all kinds of oh, nice. that very significant battle in in between episode uh, Jedi and the force awakens um, Finn uh, the concept art for Finn and this is a big spoiler man but uh, just do it and guys this is a big spoiler so if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, it hasn't you're, been too bad, might want to show him. <laughs> yeah, but he is holding, in, in not holding, but it's attached to his belt. It is, I know this design without a doubt, it is Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. The one that he's holding in his hand when Vader cuts his hand off in, in uh, Bespin. 
That's awesome. Which is also the lightsaber that the small alien child hands to the woman. Mm. It is Luke's lightsaber, unless it's been replicated. Okay. But we'll get to something that kind of contradicts that later. Okay. Um, Ray, Daisy Ridley, her concept art shows she's holding a blaster that looks exactly like Han's DL-44 blaster. Now, where do you suppose she got that? <laughs> hmm. And they've made Love a point her? of not releasing either one of their names. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I think Ray is Han and Leia's kid. Yeah. I mean, that just from the first teaser trailer, not... No, I mean, I ju it just assumed, because she looks like Natalie Portman. She, uh, she looks like a young Leia. It's all linked there. So... You know, I don't consider that a, a spoiler, but, you know, some people might, you know, they want to be. But it, I just got that right away. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it Definitely. just it just common sense. But uh, the wow. actual costume that they had for her, uh, it's actually reminiscent of Luke Skywalker's originally Macquarie drawings. But um, the blaster isn't there. But for it to be at the point of concept mm -hmm. art, th 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 that's something. Yeah. And for them to actually put that out for us, they're hinting some stuff to us. Um, Kylo Ren, who's the Sith Lord, and we still... I have no confirmation as to who this is. It could be um, uh, Andy Serkis. It could be... I um, can't think of the other actor. The dude from Girls, that show Girls? Yeah. yeah, um, uh, yeah. What's his name? I uh, get it. can't remember his name. The dude from Girls. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It could be either one of them, but Andy Serkis has admitted that it is his voice in the teaser that we heard. There's been an awakening. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of makes you think that might be. Yeah. Um, but they did have a 3D fabricated model of his lightsaber hilt, and it is completely makeshift. This thing looks like it was put together with, you know, uh, duct tape. So that, again, goes back in, in their, our initial reaction on the teaser I'd said, I kind of get the feeling, just looking at the blade, like they didn't know what they were doing mm -hmm. when they built this lightsaber, and that those aren't hand guards, that's exhaust. Kind of confirms that thought. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying it's gospel by any means. We're, no, we're it's the just... We're the world here. Yeah. But that's definitely where my head is. It, it the, the images that, you know, are up online of, of what they showed us in that room, this thing is put together with duct tape, and it does not look like a good lightsaber. And a matter of fact, I think if he ever goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Luke Skywalker, Luke will say, what a piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Which also then leads to a lightsaber could be a very valuable commodity. Yeah, that, nobody that's... nobody knows how to make them. That's, that's another great uh, point. Yeah, maybe they're not as prominent now. Who knows? So that would be interesting, like how valuable they would be. And how valuable, potentially, that scene of the smaller alien handing that off to somebody else. Yeah. Who is it going to? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing they brought out, there's different types of troopers. So I want to go back to that uh, on the video, minute 112, and just run through what we've seen. Okay. okay. So there's, there's stormtroopers. There's a new type of trooper named a flame trooper, which essentially... If you remember in the initial reaction on the teaser, there's a what looked like a magnet or a circle on the back of the stormtrooper armor that we saw, mm -hmm. and on, on uh, Finn's armor when he first stands up, 
and turns his back. I think that's exactly what I was talking about. I think that is designed so that they can, if a flame trooper goes down, they can pick up the flame trooper pack, connect it to their armor, and go. They can put any kind of attachment back onto the And there's also snow troopers that look a lot like the Empire Strikes Back snow troopers. But if you... Um, a couple times you see some of these individual types of, tr of troopers. Kylo Ren uses a force push at the camera. In the background, the guys you are seeing are flame troopers, so you start to see what they're looking like. It's more of a rounded helmet. It's kind of design. Mm -hmm. It's not as long, and it's not as... It's got, like, prominent, almost exhaust points or breathing ports at the front of the helmet, kind of like a TIE fighter pilot helmet. Um... But back on the big, the big scene, within the troops we see, at the very, very front row, we see some snow troopers. There's a lot of different stormtroopers. The left of the screen, and as well as in the dead center, three rows back from the camera, you get a really good look at a couple of flame troopers and what their armor looks like. Um, the new TIE fighters are there in the background. On the far right-hand side, about three troopers in, it's a different type of trooper that looks like a regular stormtrooper, but they've got something different on their chest plate. It almost looks like uh, maybe a, a artillery or something. Mm -hmm. And at the very, very bottom right corner, it looks like there's a stormtrooper with some type of riot shield or something, which okay. is it. So they're covering all their bases on that. Um, I think... Clearly, we're seeing the logo for the new First Order on that red flag. Um, the, um, I think that pretty much covers that scene. I think that might be the chrome tr trooper right behind whoever's on the center of the stage because the light's reflecting off that person really brightly. So I think that might be a very important character, if not in this movie, but in the next two or three. Mm, okay. And I think that might be someone who's very familiar to Game of Thrones fans. If oh. the way that trooper walks, she could be a very tall blonde. Ah, yes. And we know she's in the movie, so. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you watch, and this, again, may just be looking into it or being sexist or whatever, but it seems like there's a little swish in the step on that. Okay. Where that trooper's walking. So, anyway. Um, but in this film, she won't be from Tarth. Well, who knows? Well, who knows? That could be a new... There is the connection. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I think Ray is Han and Leia's kid. Clearly, well, maybe not clearly, but I'm guessing Han and Leia have split up over something. And maybe Ray took off in the Falcon... You know, teen angst. <laughs> I've had enough of you guys fighting. <laughs> uh, but uh, there's another card they put up in the opening ceremony, I think it was, where Finn and Ray are definitely running. The, when when we see them running in BB-8 on the ground and the and the, the Tie Fighter attacking and the explosion and everything and it cuts away. All this this card takes place almost right after that. Landing ramp of the Millennium Falcon. It's undeniable. It's the landing ramp of the Falcon. Um, if you actually, if anyone wants to see the image I'm looking at, 
uh, Google Finn and Ray running into the Falcon. And it's the very first image under the image tab on Google. And you'll know exactly what I'm But, um, And if you see uh, Desmond with uh, Donald's face photoshopped in front of uh, groceries, then you know it was Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to call in and eat chips. Yes, uh, we really do. <laughs> we miss you, Donald. Very much, man. Um, X-Files podcast. X-Files podcast. Please, X-Files. X-Files. Reopen them. Reopen them. Um, so my general idea on what I think I kind of pieced together here, I think Finn leaves or deserts the First Order, which is very similar to Han Solo in the Expanded Universe in how he was an Imperial officer. He saw what they were doing to the Wookiee. And he quit and rescued Chewie. Oh, okay. That's that's where Chewie and Han had the life debt. Um, I think what I think Finn witnesses Kylo Ren's slaughter of those people on Jakku. See when Kylo Ren does the force push and he's striking someone with his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And I think that scene when we see Finn with the blood on his helmet and he takes his helmet off and he's looking and he's just disgusted. I think he's he's had enough at that point. Um and I think perhaps the scene in the docking bay where the TIE fighter's blowing up all the Imperials is him escaping from the Imperials. Or, I'm sorry, let's have it. Him escaping from the First Order. Oh, the First Order. Come on, Glenn. I know. I got to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You've been doing amazing so far. I'll, I'll let that one slide, okay, buddy? <laughs> well, bless you. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah. But then I think in some way back on Jakku, meets up with Ray and the Empire or uh, the First Order. <laughs> oh, Glenn, that's two strikes. <laughs> they're chasing him, which is why they're blowing up the city, the little scavenging area. I think I'm really going to like these two characters. I, I think they're being built up to be great, which yeah. is why before the spoiler section, when I was talking about that moment, when clearly she's extending her hand to him, I think that's going to be so important yeah, for yeah. Us Star Wars fans down the road. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, at first I was like, okay, but now I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is starting to get me really excited. Um, assuming that uh, Ray is now, you know, the proud owner of a Millennium Falcon, and I think the entire Falcon chase scenes we're seeing, assuming that is still Jakku, is... Ray piloting the Falcon into the Super Star Destroyer where, like, she's got a base or a, a hideout or something, and oh, wow. scavengers live, potentially. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's... Maybe it's just an escape route, but... Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking... I, I, I don't know if the lightsaber's being handed to Ray or to Leia. Mm. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. Um... But maybe whoever it's being handed to, if it's Ray, she decides to take it to Princess Leia, who then tries to get to Luke. Mm. Which opens a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Where is where is Han at this point? I mean, clearly if Han and Leia had an issue at, at some point, you know, Han probably went out gallivanting again. But <laughs> I, I, I'm... I can't figure out if Luke is staring at... I, I, clearly, I think that's him. 
putting his metallic hand up on R2. Yeah, I, I mean, a novice like me, I believe that's what it is. So let me ask you, do you think he's staring at a campfire or is he staring at the wreckage that Kylo Ren caused in the slaughter of these apparent... Ooh, that's a tough one. Because if he's just staring at a campfire, where the heck is he? Well, see, and that's where maybe for spoilery kind of I've kind of heard. And I'll go into it now since we're deep into the spoiler territory. Um, he's been, like, away on his own, you know, kind of secluded, maybe like Yoda was on Dagobah. And he's... So I'm wondering, I mean, has he been in hiding all this time with what's going on with the Force? And, uh, you know, it now the Force is awakening. Is, is Luke now realizing he has to come back? You know, I, I'm trying to think. So it, it ooh, it's tough. It, it, it's tough. It almost, so would this say that R2 has been with um, Luke this whole time? Or did R2 find him in some way? I would think, and I've, I've looked at this scene over and over, and I'm coming to the same conclusions that you were just saying without hearing them, essentially. But yeah. especially when Douglas, uh, Doug Chang at, the, at Celebration was talking about black and white, I don't think it's ever been so glaring as that scene with Luke Skywalker in a dark black robe or brown robe and a white tunic and a black hand reaching out and touching a white R2. It's, it, it strikes me as if he's just torn, as if he doesn't know how to deal. Maybe he's sensing in himself too much of, you know, as, as uh, uh, Owen Larson, too much of his father. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe he he's in, he doesn't feel secure enough to, to not, or the dark side. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has completely isolated himself. Now, do you think going back to the trailer when he says, "My father has it," um, could could he be talking if he's secluded on some planet or whatever? Could he be talking to Ben, his father, and Yoda? Do you think their visions or whatever? Or I I don't want to get it wrong. What they actually are? Well, the vision is in Avengers. So oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's another spoiler, but... Um, oh, hey. No, it's out. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> He's on Subway. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but... Uh, it, it depends on where they go, because as I understood it, in the EU, there was only a finite amount of time that they could stay blue and glowy. Oh, okay. But that doesn't count anymore. As a matter of fact, we're, you know, entering into a whole new realm. Maybe they can... I know it sounds ridiculous, but maybe they can return. Mm. Oh boy! But again, if Luke is still talking with Anakin and Yoda, and maybe even Qui Gon comes back into the picture. Um, oh yeah, Qui Gon. Yeah. It, it, you know, and actually, it could turn into a very loud conversation of all the Jedi. Jeez, <laughs> it could be. It could be crazy. It could be like, pass but, the salt. What? No, no. Yeah. If he's still talking with them. I would think Yoda and Obi-Wan would be, and especially Qui-Gon as well, would be able to get him past any of these having these. And clearly Anakin was redeemed at the end of Jedi, which is why he showed up in mm -hmm. the special editions as Hayden. Um, 
so I, I don't think Anakin would be manipulating him in that way. Yeah, because I was almost thinking of the you know the devil and the angel on the shoulder, and maybe that's what's making him a little nutty. But it, it entirely could be, yeah. or he just it, as a Skywalker, he has so much power that he doesn't know what to do with it, or, mm-hmm. or is overwhelmed by it, or something. I don't know. I mean, it it, it actually calls back to um the the first episode of Daredevil on Netflix, where mm-hmm. he's he's offenses. It's a possibility of that's, yeah, that yeah. that's what's going on. Interesting. But I would think if anyone's sticking around with Luke, it's R2. And if Luke's going somewhere, R2's going with him yeah. because he's he's been, I mean, he's he's his pet, so to speak. Yeah. But, um, the other question, you know, who's he talking to when he says you have it? Mm. I My guess, he's talking to, to Ray. Yeah, that's that was my first, um, my first thought. So, I don't and, know. Uh, yeah, just logically, a couple of things that point her her weapon that she's running around with. I mean, I, I'm just guessing here, but it looks like it could be both a blaster and a bow bow staff type martial arts weapon. Mm. Very reminiscent of like the gaffy sticks from the Tuscan Raiders in A New Hope. Mm. So. Based on that, I mean, she's going to be, have some skill in hand-to-hand. It might be better with a lightsaber, ultimately. Plus, if she's Han and Leia, Leia's kid, she's got Skywalker blood, which means she probably has a pretty high midi-chlorian count. Mm. I wish I had Skywalker blood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I got is chlorine, not metachlorine. But anyway. <laughs> I was in the pool. I was in the pool! <laughs> That's for you, but Miss Wendy. I, I'm... You know, outside of my, my... Wait a minute, I just said that was for you. I was in the pool. That was for you, Miss Wendy. That's okay. That sounded bad. Seinfeld <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah. By okay. the way, she had a one of the greatest lines on Twitter. The uh, Sesame Street uh, Muppets. Mm-hmm. Not Muppets, but the Sesame Hanson Productions. Did a Avengers parody. And Cookie Monster's the Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... We, you know, the whole little parody thing is that he can't concentrate. He eats Captain America's shield because it looks like a cookie. And he eats <laughs> Thor's hammer because it looks like a marshmallow. And and Wendy and I are bantering back and forth at Twitter. And she's, I said, at this rate, without this, without focus, he'll never be a Jedi. And she goes, that's the dark side. Uh, uh, the dark side leads to hunger. Hunger leads to eat, uh, to uh, eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I spit coffee all over my monitor. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it's that's genius. Great. That's but great. I, I, I'm completely stymied on the Han and Chewie outside of what I've put out here. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, why did they lose the Falcon? How did they lose the Falcon? Did, you know, did yeah. Chewie forget to set the alarm? I don't know. <laughs> Another Seinfeld uh, yeah. reference. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, wow, a lot of stuff to digest. And, you know, it's amazing. You see a little trailer and you're like, okay, cool. But when you get someone like yourself who can really, you know, dive into it and take it apart, it's like, wow. <laughs> so well, much there. I mean, again, you know, it, it, and I spend a lot of time looking at this stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, but, um, let's still. I, mean, I, I hope maybe, you know, 
somebody got some stuff out of this, but I'm sure they did. I and remember, if you want to talk Star Wars, Game of Thrones, whatever, at Glenn Ewing on Twitter, and you you are like my new source for pop culture. <laughs> and even when 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 crap's going down in the world and I'm too busy watching Sports Center and you tweet me, I'm like, oh crap, I better lock my windows. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're a great follow. You got a lot of great information, a lot of great links to things. So follow Glenn, and then you can just follow me anyway. If you listen to this podcast, you probably do add Heath Actor. But if you're new, new listener, uh, follow us both, and uh, you know you usually get some decent things on there. Um, anything else, Glenn? You want to cover before we get out of here? Uh, we trampled through this mud quite a bit yeah <laughs> we beat a dead banter indeed all right well again thank you so much man you just really uh wow you you taught me a lot tonight and i'm sure you know you're gonna get a lot of minds thinking so you'll probably get a lot of tweets and questions uh <coughs> but excellent work my friends thank you so much i will see you tomorrow night as we go to the avengers premiere indeed uh looking forward to that and uh any last words, my pad one? Actually, I'm your pad one, my Master Jedi uh, Knight. Just uh, a show the Star Wars trailer tomorrow night. So, you know, there's a good probably five minutes into the movie where openly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to play some Guns N' Roses. Don't cry. Nice. Yeah. Very good. All right. I thought, I, I thought I'd throw that in there. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Appreciate it. My pleasure, man. All right. You rock. And remember, we'll see you next time on The Film List. And look out for podcast Little Fell's feed whenever the heck it comes out. I don't know when, but if you're a Game of Thrones fan. And uh, we'll keep having uh, Star Wars podcasts as new content comes out and as we get closer. And then, of course, you know we're going to have a big extravaganza once the movie comes out. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see you guys. Take care.
Cantina Band, everyone. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.